I could just think of you as a girl all the time, couldn't I? You could be Annie's little girl. I'm gonna go with you wherever you go. Do you? So tell me about a future crime. A, cr- a crime in the future? Crimes of the future? Yeah, what are, fu- what, are, what are the crimes you can commit in the future? Oh my god, there are apparently so many that... Actually, there's less... It seems like there's less crimes you can commit in the future now. Oh, they're, they're just more morally loose? Yeah, like instead of getting blowjobs in like the back alley of a city somewhere... You'll you'll have someone cut open your leg. Oh, <laughs> that's it. They just cut it open. Well, it's like the world. The world of the movie is really interesting because it's like the like it's we're at a point now where like humans have developed have evolved to like not have pain receptors or like they're greatly uh, lessened, so they don't feel as so... much pain. Okay. Yeah, so now, like, instead of, like, sex being the forbidden pleasure, it's, like, now, like, hurting each other and hurting yourself. Is so a, it's just is sadomasochism. Pleasure. Yeah, literally. Like, okay, wait, that sounds that sounds awesome. <laughs> like, the, like, people, like, will have sex, they just perform surgery on each other. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's cool, actually. Can you imagine going to, like, a sex shop, but instead of, like, dildos, it's just, like surgical it's like knives it's like exacto knives and yeah yeah steel I, I, oh that's cool <laughs> it was pretty cool and they have like these like they look like they were designed by hr giger but like they're all these like weird machines that they like lay in and like they're like surgery beds and like someone has will like be at the controls of like these like metal arms that will like perform surgery on them <laughs> so in this future technically everyone would know when you had sex right like you like oh. you come into work without an eye and they're like oh jerry got fucked hard last night <laughs> well it seems like it's not like it's not surgery that would like actually like harm you it seems like okay. all the stuff they would do are either like cut, small cuts on your body or like oh i guess at one point they'll make like permanent scars on one of their faces so i guess they do kind of do that but essentially like like pain becomes pleasure Right, yeah, yeah. In like this future. one of the characters even says at one point, like surgery is the new sex. <laughs> I think I, I think I remember that from the trailer. Yeah. <laughs> All right, that sounds very Cronenbergy. It definitely is. Yeah, it's it's. There's a lot of. Um, I would I guess I would call it body horror, but like none of the characters act like it's horrific. What what's happening? Like it's normal in their society. Right. Yeah. 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 Like it's just like a but like. What you see them doing is like they're cutting open themselves and like taking organs out, and the guy getting cut open and his organ taking out is like moaning with pleasure. <laughs> it's oh, like, okay. It's really strange. It's that the main character is that guy who played um, the guy from Lord of the Rings who at the end of the trilogy Vigo. gets all those ghosts. Yeah, Viggo Mortensen. Yeah. Yeah, he's done a couple movies of Cronenberg. Oh my god, I've been trying to remember that guy's name for like a week now, and I've been too lazy to look it up. Thank you. He was in um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3. Ugh. Leatherface. Don't, don't talk about that. <laughs> I even I, I watched the stupid gameplay trailer today for the Texas Chainsaw game. 
Yeah, what did you think of it? I don't think I can ever enjoy a Texas Chainsaw-related thing ever again. I... My my thing about that, and this is all I'm going to say because I don't want to go into a tangent about this <laughs> fucking video game, but uh, I think that like Friday the 13th, it works, right? Because like Jason's really goofy and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, at least the first film, is a fairly tonally very serious movie. Yeah. And I feel like I don't know how I'm going to feel when Leatherface is getting teabagged. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like when yeah. they're like default dancing on me. <laughs> it is no, cool. They I... got like a lot of the original like actors to do like the voices and stuff. Yeah, that because the guy, the hitchhiker guy, sounded like it was the yeah. same dude. It's him. Uh wow. and they got Kane Hodder doing the mocap for Leatherface. Oh, weird. Okay, I guess that works. So I mean, I don't know. I'm fine with it. I think our, our hesitation with it comes that it's still gun media doing it. So, yeah, like, yeah. I mean, I enjoyed uh, Friday the Thirteenth game a lot, but not for like fun reasons. <laughs> like, not because it's a well-made game. I think it's a very entertaining game, right? But like fundamentally, I think it's very flawed. Oh yeah, it it definitely is. It's. And it's just I I I, just, I was like, they have still not gotten like good animations in any of their games. Like I was watching the, that trailer for the oh, I just yeah. Chainsaw Massacre game. Ugh, the animations look so bad. Like I I get that it's an early game, but they look like what Friday the Thirteenth animations ended up looking like. What you don't like their faces, like in Friday the Thirteenth? <laughs> that no. one guy's face is like, Wah! yeah. <laughs> It's like all their animations are, they just do the mocap, right? And then they just mm-hmm. like line it up with the model and everything and make sure there's no like weird clipping. And then they're like, okay, good to go. Good enough. And like they don't change it or like mold it into something that looks better than just regular mocap, like mm-hmm. most uh, credible games do. So, well, you know. who cares about credible games when we have gun media? Exactly. That brought us Predator. That yeah. All right, let's get off of fucking back to crimes of the future and Cronenberg in general. I guess you could almost say that if this Texas Chainsaw Massacre game is bad, it will be a crime of the future. Oh my god! Yes, because the game isn't out yet, and then when it comes out, (laughs) that that's actually all crimes are crimes of the future. (laughs) Yeah, they just haven't been committed yet. That that game is actually why humans in that world evolved to have oh, they don't feel pain. decreased pain. Yeah, because it was so painful playing that game that like yeah. the human body was like, oh my God, future generations, we have to reduce the pain that we can take or else we're never going to be able to survive something like that ever again. The, you know, the, Somehow the Texas Chainsaw Massacre game became so popular that all like 7.8 billion people <laughs> in the earth they all evolved. played it. <laughs> yeah, we all evolved from it. Somehow all of our human cells were able to communicate with each other. That's how horrible and of an emergency it was. <laughs> but but would you recommend Crimes of the Future? I mean, sure. It's not really a horror movie. It's like it's like a sci-fi drama. Well, he hasn't really been doing horror movies since like 
the 80s or 90s. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I, I knew that. Which I and all the it was like being marketed as like his return to like that mm-hmm. genre, but it wasn't really a horror movie. It was well, I mean, horrific things happen to it from like your perspective. Like someone's getting cut open and like they're like moaning in pleasure. Okay, that's weird and horrific. But like the character, none of the characters act like it's horrific. It's just kind of normal, yeah. which I think no, is that's... kind of like my bar for a horror movie. I guess. No, yeah, that's um like very similar to I think like Yorgos Lanthimos movies, mm-hmm. especially his early stuff like Dogtooth. Oh yeah, where yeah. The characters are doing like really like fucked up things, but like to them it's just like normal and they treat it like commonplace. Right. Yeah. Or like like a good example is in like Killing of a Sacred Deer when he's just literally spinning around with a loaded gun while his <laughs> family is tied that. up with bags over their heads. But it just treats it as like mundane. <laughs> yeah, so I, I mean, I'm a fan of that kind of style. No, I, yeah, I would definitely recommend Crimes of the Future. I, I think my only criticisms of it really were like, it, it was like similar to like Blade Run- the first Blade Runner movie, where I was like mm-hmm. I was more interested in the world than I was the actual story, the story. being told. Yeah. yeah, or I was like, oh, this world is like so interesting. I like the idea of this world, but like the, I mean, the story was it was fine, but it's mostly kind of like the Viggo Mortensen character just going to people and talking to them, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like all like very expositional dialogue. Um, and then every once in a while, he comes back home and he has surgery sex with his girlfriend. Hell um, yeah. Or she has surgery sex with other people. Dude's rock. Yeah. But I would recommend it. It's, I had, I had like, <laughs> it was, it was a very cool world and it was, it was a well executed, um, interesting movie. I think the only problem you're going to have is being able to see it anywhere. Because, well, uh, news broke out today that Hulu grabbed it. Oh, um, really? Oh. But only in, like, I think, like, India, Canada, and, like, one other country. But oh. that means hopefully they'll eventually get it for, like, America streaming. Yeah, I hope so. Um, it's, it's definitely Or just use a VPN, which I yeah. might do. Yeah, exactly. Um, That's but now good, I'm though. more interested in it. Because, you know, you know me, I like stories about, like, sadomasochism. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, and stuff like Ichi the Killer is like one of my favorite movies for that reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know all the fucked up movies I watch. Oh, there's yeah. there's one that I would like to talk um, down the line. Uh, there's this great movie. It's Austrian. Th- oh, was it Austrian? I want to say it's Austrian. Called uh, Dogs Don't Wear Pants. What the fuck? Uh, and it was a Shutter original. I just threw it on because I was like, I needed a movie to watch, and like the title like was interested. And I saw it was about BDSM, and I was like, okay, <laughs> horror movie about BDSM, that's cool. But it's like basically this guy who like loses his wife and is like in the grieving process, and he accidentally walks in on like a BDSM session, <laughs> and like the dominatrix thinks like he's the client, and like basically like hurts him, and then he like when he leaves, he just can't stop thinking about her. <laughs> and that so it's like his slowly like getting into like the bdsm like lifestyle right and also stalking this woman <laughs> all while also like dealing with his dead wife oh wow that sounds pretty cool actually uh, i'm not gonna it's lie it's an incredible movie it was one of those movies where like if you were put on a movie not really thinking much of it and then you just had like a really cathartic experience 
that's that's what i had oh i love movies like that and uh i remember um because like that was around um like covid times i watched it and like we uh at work were on like partial hours you know because we didn't they didn't have enough work for us to do like full time so we would get like random days off and people like at work knew that like i'm a movie guy you know i have that reputation uh so they're like, oh, what did you like you watch yesterday? Because they know I've been just been watching like binge watching movies on my days off. And I was like, oh, I watched this movie like Dogs Don't Wear Pants. And as I said that, I was like, oh shit. Now I have to explain to them that I was watching this like BDSM thing. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> and this one guy just looked at me, he's like, cool. And then walked away. And I was like, fuck. It made you sound like a weirdo. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I probably already have. Um, <laughs> probably. But that was like, oh, I realized, you know, to me, that's normal. Um, <laughs> to most people, I was the it's crime of the not. future. Yeah. Yeah. No, I found that out early on when do- when we started doing this podcast, because I think one of the first few episodes we did was that movie Titan. Yes. Um, about that uh, girl who has sex with the car there's really reductionist mm-hmm. take on it but that's that's the way i uh told it to my co-workers at the time um and <laughs> they were really confused and they were, they were like this just sounds like a porn movie brad <laughs> <laughs> you're telling me you're just watching porn yeah. with cars? it's like to them that just sounded like some browsers some edgy browsers video that you yeah. find on the internet <laughs> just a bang bros car (laughs) yeah (laughs) imagine like pitching that like you know those like eastern european movie or not like like those porno videos where it's like them like driving and they pick up some girl and like fuck her in the car (laughs) right but get this the car fucks her yeah right and she has no idea she thinks it's like a normal type one of those type of videos but then she quickly finds out that the car is alive. And yeah, when a car sex throws a penis. <laughs> yeah. Dude, that could be a perfect parody. Porn parody. Of Titan? Yeah, dude. Oh my god, that would be so awesome. I I don't think uh people very many people would be looking up Titan porn parody. <laughs> It'll hey, be right I up would. there next to like SpongeBob and Family Guy. <laughs> Spongebob would be pretty bad I do not want to see Spongebob no. fucking anything Whatever you do do not Oh, Actually now that I've said this do look up Spongebob <laughs> porn parody you, okay. you're, You'll never Unsee it <laughs> And I'm not talking like ew it's gross It's the Spongebob costume Is genuinely disgusting Oh no Like it's something out of a horror movie Oh god So I don't know if I can handle that Good job for those guys for maintaining their erections during that. <laughs> I salute them. The true professionals. Um, well, so the reason we're talking about Cronenberg, because this episode is on uh, his 1979 film, The Brood. Oh, which, OMG. Uh, yeah, get excited. <laughs> 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 which which I've seen before. I saw many years ago. Um when I was getting like really into horror movies and I was like, Oh, I saw the fly. And I was like, Oh, I want to watch all Dave Cronenberg's other movies. Uh, and I, I watched this one. Uh, and this is your first time seeing it. So what, what, what were your general thoughts on it? I, I really liked it. Yeah. I think, um, 
it was it was super interesting to watch and um i did not expect the, the certain things to happen in it that yep. happened it's like it's very weird um which i really appreciated and it had like one of the most unique like um i don't know i guess like killers in it it's kind of reduction is the same like that but it was like i just did not expect the killer to look or behave like that at all (laughs) yep yeah yeah so essentially the, the the basic uh plot is that uh husband and wife who are going through a divorce uh, the wife is in this kind of, I guess you could say, experimental experimental therapeutic rehab in, like, isolation therapy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and all while this is going on, there are murderous children running around. <laughs> uh, and that's about as much as I think you can say about spoiling it. Yeah, and they look like um, DV from Tim and Eric. Awesome show, if anybody gets that reference. I don't even I don't. know if you get that reference. I don't. Okay. But I'm just going to agree and go, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> look up, look up uh, what DV looks like. I'm going to edit DB? it into into the um, video of this episode for sure. But yeah, okay. his name's like DV. He's like from one of Tim and Eric's like um, um, Christmas oh, special things. Oh, okay. I see it. You do? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The really like puffed up face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's all I could think of when I first saw and, this thing. And they're also what what really creeps me out, and I don't know why it adds a level of scary, but they're in like um like snow clothes. Like yeah. they have like the snow pants and boots and like the really like puffy jackets. hmm Yeah, I thought that was um, super weird too. And they have like wrinkly like hands. Which yeah. like made it even more creepy because it was like they're like so small and like the clash of like such like juvenile clothing and then that but their hands are like so wrinkly like and they just kind of gurgle yeah yeah they don't they talk just go like, at uh, all uh. <laughs> and it's, it almost sounds like they can't breathe like you know when you have the flu and your sinuses are all like backed up oh yeah 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 that's how yeah. they sound like uh, uh, they're like a pug they're genetically yeah. In, like inferior yeah <laughs> uh well, one thing I was I was doing a bit of research, and it turns out Cronenberg actually based this movie on his own divorce and custody battle for his daughter. Oh God! So, and then he also said that this was his most, like I said earlier, like narratively driven horror movie that he's ever wrote. Uh, so I wonder if those two things are linked. Because <laughs> um, this might be like the ugliest divorce. Um, movie. yeah this is and it's definitely. funny he even said he got like inspiration after he saw like a uh, kramer versus kramer really yeah that's so, so weird so he's like what if we made that movie but we have little mutant children <laughs> that that i wish i did not know that because now i'm just gonna view this movie through that lens of it's just David Cronenberg thinks his wife is a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> no, not just any bitch, like a psycho bitch. Yeah, a psycho bitch who controls people that can murder people. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it, when you think about it, it makes sense because typically, like during, like even just like breakups, people like tend to like family members, friends choose sides, you know. Hmm. Um, so maybe it was something like that, like, uh, and also, I mean, they say constantly throughout the movie and it's pretty much, uh, known through history is that typically in divorce, divorces, the wives win. 
it's oh. always the guys are kind of in an uphill battle. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's also kind of a bit uh, about that. You know? That makes it's sense, like, I guess. One thing, like, to try to get your, like, full custody of your daughter. But how do you do that when all of the family is dying? <laughs> From mutant children. <laughs> Imagine being so. a dad in real life and having to deal with that the divorce, and then all of a sudden yeah. there's these like freakish mutant children and puffy like body suits running around killing people. You lot. just gotta beat the shit out of them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or they just randomly die. Apparently, like that first one did. Mm-hmm. There, there's one, there's one shot that I really want to talk about. It was when he gets like the phone call it was like after the first murder mm-hmm. uh frank the main character gets like a phone call at work and he like picks it up right and he's like hello this is frank and then uh the guy's like oh yeah i'm the, i'm sheriff blah 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 and he's like okay what's wrong and then it cuts to like the sheriff talking and then the, the camera pans out and frank's in the room <laughs> did you notice that no i didn't notice that yeah it's like genius. Like they continued the conversation, but visually it's like, oh, Frank's there and the guy's like telling him. Oh, wow. I, I'm like, damn. That's pretty cool. I did not that notice that clever. for some reason. Yeah, oh. it was awesome. I'm talented so, filmmaker. I just wrote that down specifically because I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> and Carolina's probably thinks like, oh, this nerd. <laughs> She actually watched um, this one with me. She did not like the little kids. Oh, really? She thought they were scary? Every time she saw them, she's like, no, 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 and then covered her face. (laughs) So I was like, no, no, look, it's fun. Is there, like, bashing a woman's head in with a hammer? (laughs) They were, um, I will say, like, they they are legitimately creepy looking. But, like, for some reason, that first scene when they... um, when you like, I I had no spoilers about this movie. Somehow I've never heard about what actually mm-hmm. happens in this. So that I first, was excited when you said you've never even you don't even know what this is about. I, that's why I yeah. told you just going completely blind. Literally, yeah. I I went to see Crimes of the Future at um, Alamo Draft House, and I saw the trailer for the Brood. They had the trailer for the Brood playing before it, so I was like, "Oh, that looks pretty interesting." That's all I knew about the movie, just that, and I'd heard the title mm-hmm. otherwise. So. That first kitchen scene when, and that uh, yeah. right before that first kill where you don't actually see whatever the that little thing is, um, mm. it's terrifying because like all you yeah. see is like some like he has like a weird puffy jacket on. You just see the sleeve of it and his wrinkly hand, and like it seems small enough that it can like go on top of like cabinets like into the shelves of it's the like, cabinets. Yeah, like the camera kind of like follows behind it. So you see right. it's kind of trail of destruction. Yeah, you see things like flying everywhere and I was like, oh god, what the hell is this thing? It was like legitimately terrifying and yeah. Like, and it was, they're even, they're even creepy when you see them full on later. Just, it's a really well executed like creature. Yeah, it's really cool. And yeah. just kids are already scary. <laughs> they really you are know? yeah <laughs> so just make them a little freak and boom you have something even scarier <laughs> i actually um i was reading about like the releasing of this film mm-hmm. and they had to censor it uh and it was so funny because like Cron- this is like a quote from cronenberg he's like oh i just 
I had this shot that I loved of a of her licking the the embryo and fetus. Oh God. Uh, so they, I guess, in order to get it shown in theaters, they had to cut a part where there is a character who licks like a fetus. Uh, and like the logic of it was he wanted it to kind of be like like kittens like you know like oh. like mother cats like lick the kittens clean after they're born yeah but since they cut it out they just showed like it getting raised to her mouth and then nothing else and then just like i guess some noises it probably cut back to frank so the th- audience thought that she was eating the baby <laughs> And people were really confused. Which is even worse than just yeah. licking it. Yeah. So it ended up hurting it. And I guess Cronenberg was very mad, but that was the only way they could get it released. Well, I, I was going to say, because I, 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 I saw the cut on Amazon, and that cut had that scene in it where she's licking it. Well, I think now, like, you know, the rules have changed. So these are, oh. like, just the R-rated yeah. version. But, I mean, this is still, like, late 70s. Oh yeah, right. So they they could they couldn't get away with a lot just by putting it in theaters, and on the, yeah. on, a, on future releases they probably added it in. I think I even watched the Criterion release. Yeah, that's of it. the one I watched. Yeah, so that's that's they they probably had Cronenberg probably had the input to put that in there. But what I want to talk about, and I'm going to sound like an insane person. <laughs> oh God, is Psychoplasmics. Right. All right. So so Psychoplasmics is something that is introduced. It's not real. I looked it up. Um, <laughs> I wasn't sure if it was real or not. But essentially, uh, in this universe, it is a therapy uh, where you can basically use your pent-up emotions and create, like, a physical... Uh, I don't know, say form, but maybe, like, a bodily part... I guess like mm. a physical deformity out of it. Yeah. Um so like there's a character um who was getting treated by the same doctor uh, and he developed like this really disgusting growth on his neck. Like <laughs> it looked like almost like if you make a vagina inside out and then like harden it. <laughs> and it's disgusting yeah that's that's it's pretty genuinely accurate for me like one of the hardest things to look at in the movie <laughs> and it's just like this growth on this guy's neck <laughs> uh and and that is as he says he like it gave him cancer right yeah um so i was like i mean i know that like uh it, it's real like like mental illness will affect your body like physically mm-hmm. um i learned that that's why i have a lot of i well my belief is why i have a lot of stomach issues i do um because essentially like your parasympathetic nervous system uh that's that's the thing that is fight or flight right mm-hmm. so way back then our parents parasympathetic nervous system was like amazing right because you'd be sleeping and like a bear comes up and your parasympathetic nervous system comes up like hey I need to redistribute energy in your body so you can either fight this bear or run away from it, right? <laughs> yeah. Problem is, we evolved, right? Our nervous system did it, right? <laughs> so I'll just be like, oh man, I got to make like a phone call today. 
That's when the parasympathetic nervous system kicks in and gives me the energy to run from a bear. Um, and when you're and what it does, though, and that's why, um, you know, when you're nervous, you get nauseous or maybe you have to pee. Oh, sure. First place it takes energy from is your stomach. Oh, interesting. And the muscles in like your bladder. Yeah. So it's basically saying, hey, you don't need that right now. I'm going to put the energy somewhere else. Well, that's pretty uh, cool. That's I why like that. a lot of people piss and shit themselves when they're scared. <laughs> so, that makes a lot of sense. That's, that's yeah, interesting. Yeah, I, I learned a lot um, about that. So this is actually based in some real science. I mean, obviously what they do in the movie is completely fictional, but it yeah. at least has roots in, in what really goes on in the human body. There, yeah, because it is like we, our body can, can, f- our mental basically like, uh, conscious and subconscious can create, uh, physical illnesses essentially. Wow. That's pretty neat. Like, um, and something like they do in this film, um, is like, uh, this therapy, you get bumps, you know, you get like a mm. rash and in real life, um, stress and anxiety, um, can cause acne and rashes and stuff like that. Oh, okay. I see. Mm-hmm. Because, like, in in my case, um, I, I went to therapy um, for a period of time, so that, that's how I know all this shit, because um, <laughs> I've experienced this. But essentially, like, for, like, you know, like, I have on, like, my stomach issues. Mm-hmm. Like, my stomach was, like, mostly inflamed because of all, like, the anxiety and stuff like that. Oh, I see. Wow. Um, and uh, where I'm kind of connecting this to the movie is uh, cortisol. It's a hormone that our body produces, and it's the stress hormone. And okay. it does a lot of things. It is controls, like, your metabolism. It controls, uh, like, your inflammation. It gives energy. It just does basically everything to, like, keep your body going, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, when you're stressed though you can create a lot of cortisol so your body's creating this cortisol cortisol's going crazy it's like we have more energy than I know what to do with let's turn it into fat let's distribute <laughs> it as fat so technically your own thoughts or your mental illness or whatever is causing this increase in cortisol is making organic matter so in context to this film, it, it, is, it is kind of true, but the psychoplasmics is kind of taking that like a step further, mm. you know? Right. And okay. you look at like cancer, cancer is essentially happens because your cells, uh, your cells divide, right? It's natural. We learned all about that in Annihilation. Um <laughs> But what happens with cancer, you're, 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 it starts to be like, hey, I don't know how to divide properly. So it starts dividing a bit too much. And then it creates the cancer and it basically makes a whole nother cell entirely. And then that spreads. Right. And like this film, like this dude threw his own uh, like mental whatever was wrong with him. But through this therapy, he created his own cancer. Oh, I see. Interesting. So, 
hopefully I got all of that correct. <laughs> that sounded... And I don't sound like an idiot. Some psychologist <laughs> is going, oh, no. No, that's all wrong. <laughs> Somewhere out there, <laughs> some guy yelling at you. <laughs> yeah. That that, that sounded all smart. That made sense to me. I mean, I'm just a layman. I don't I don't know anything about any of that As shit, long as so. I sound smart to the general man, I'm happy with that. Yeah, I, I'm about as average intelligence as you can get. If someone tells me I'm wrong, me. fuck you. <laughs> you <know>? exactly <laughs> i'll default dance on them yeah and just to add something too when yeah you know you kind of see th- similar themes or like uh certain like things happen in each director's movie like they kind of like mm-hmm. each movie you can see like something from their their past Personal. in it yeah um and in crimes of the future there um there are people who do that who have a illness that is like um what you're describing and what's in the brood where it's um it's like called it's like some evolutionary disease but basically it's like where you create organs that are supposed to be like new organs that are that like the body thinks will like help your body but like we have no idea what they're supposed to do like in the movie like they have no idea what they're supposed to do so the body will just create new organs based on like what their mental needs are and it's oh. like, yeah. So okay. he, he uses that again in in this new one. Um, it's, it's kind of interesting to see like all these themes of uh, that he uses. It just and they all well, revolve around body horror. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what I wanted to get into next, and how to kind of connect um, this between like the parasympathetic nerve system, cortisol, and the psychoplasmics to kind of like his other stuff. Mm-hmm. Is Cronenberg loves the idea, right, of the evolution of the body. Mm-hmm. like almost all of his movies are about that and i want i was thinking about it like of his big ones like each one is kind of the body evolving of from a different source right mm-hmm. so the brood is like psychology and mental illness you know mm-hmm. uh the fly science you know mm-hmm. we we've created this device that will do this thing and now my body has evolved be due to this uh and videodrome is the exact same thing with as far as the new flesh where society has changed you know values morals have changed which is causing this evolution in our body right as well until we eventually do create the new flesh so it's almost like each of his movies are about sort of like the human evolution but the source of what brings that on uh seems to be different yeah i think the one you could say maybe appears the most is is probably science or technology like merging yeah. with the human body because mm-hmm. i mean i know just from the fly and crimes of the future where it's like that's basically what the whole movie's about and like yeah. how how like what what point are you not human anymore like how much we like, and that's like a very common sci-fi thing i mean like blade mm-hmm. runner ghost oh, yeah. in the shell is really big into that but I think, like, uh, Cronenberg does it a bit more fleshy, you know? Yeah, he definitely like, does. Like, he's looking at, like, like how it affects, like, you, like, your human physical body. <laughs> yeah, for sure. In very real and uh, disgusting ways every time. <laughs> yeah. I love, like, body horror is probably, like, my favorite subgenre of horror. I so. know. I, I'm there with you. I, I, I can't really describe why either. Like what? It's, 
I think we, I know we, I think I know why we like it because we both, I know we're big fans of stuff that's ambiguous, ambiguous, there (laughs) we go, ambiguous things. And I feel body horror almost kind of almost always ties into cosmic horror. Um, almost like this idea of something so large that we can't really comprehend what's happening. Therefore, it's always typically ambiguous. Oh, okay. Because, like, if you notice, like, there's a lot of body horror and cosmic horror movies kind of clash. Yeah. Um. So I think that's why we at least both are kind of fascinated by it. I also just really like gnarly gore. <laughs> so, and body yeah. horror movies are always just, like, super gory. Yeah, they definitely are. Yeah, like, so. I, I would say Annihilation, I would classify that as cosmic horror. And, yeah, that's and, cosmic horror. Yeah, and that has a lot of body horror, even in that movie, where mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, I mean, there's lots. It's like that scene where Oscar Isaac, you see his, that his friend's, like, the insides moving. Intestines. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so I no, see yeah. what you mean, like, yeah. Color Out of Space. Uh, oh, yeah. There's that movie, The Void. I don't know if you've ever seen that. No, I haven't seen that one yet. It's pretty. It's like a. It's like a lower budget indie one, but it's pretty good. But yeah, it's like they almost always have like body horror involved. Overall, The Brood. I mean, I I always like this movie a lot. It's it's not my one of my favorite Cronenbergs. Um, but it's definitely I think as he said like his most horror horror movie goes mm-hmm. as far as like pacing and structure. Yeah, um, that makes sense. I, but it's a movie that I always tell people, like, just go in blind. Yeah. Because <laughs> the twists are just like, what the fuck? Yeah, you, you do not expect them if you've not heard of them before. It, it does a good job of not of playing and of being unexpected, which is mm-hmm. like, any anybody wants that from anything that they're watching. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would just say my I like the movie a lot. I, def, I definitely agree with you. It's not my favorite Cronenberg. The Fly is still... Probably, probably my favorite. I'll put this over Crimes of the Future, though. Really? Um, okay. Yeah, and I think my only complaints about this movie really are that I wish that the main guy character, um, Frank, I wish he was a little more interesting. Yeah, I was going to say the exact same thing. He's yeah. very just like, he's your movie, man. He's yeah. your protagonist. Exactly, which makes me think that now that when you mentioned that divorce thing, that he's like Cronenberg's self-insert character. Um, that's what i was thinking when i read that too i'm like did he purposely kind of make him like a blank template mm-hmm. that, that's that's exactly what i'm thinking now that you've now that you've told me that which Cause his emotions are very like one-dimensional yeah just <laughs> i want my daughter right i don't want you hitting my daughter <laughs> i want to fuck you teacher where's my daughter i want to see my wife i pissed at her for being a bitch yeah like, you know just guy stuff. Right, where, and more the fly, where it's, I mean, Seth Brundle in that movie is, he's a very flawed character. I mean, he has like self-esteem issues. That's the whole reason he goes into mm. the pod. That makes right. him interesting. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's that's relatively small things because it's just, it's a well-made movie and a well-written movie. But mm-hmm. just like a bunch of little little character stuff that could have been changed for me. That's all. Right. Yeah. That's very fair. Um, but, I mean, compared to, like, the other movies, other just horror slasher movies coming out at that time, 
this one's up there. They have oh, one yeah. of the better ones. Yeah, this is this is I, a I don't very know well what genre one. I'd really put this in, other than I guess it is kind of like a slasher. I At know. Least it's structured that way. I was thinking that too, because then you it's know, even they even use like different like weapons at certain points in yeah, the movie. There's different kills. Right. It's like it is kind of a slasher finale. Yeah. As far as just like murder mystery, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. we know as the audience what's going on, but the characters right. don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's a very genreless movie. <laughs> yet somehow fits into a lot of genres. <laughs> uh, but for me, and I think people who are really into like psychology and how the brain and body is connected, uh, is very interesting. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So let's get into the plot. Uh, spoilers ahead. Uh. So the, the movie starts off, we're, we're introduced to Dr. Raglan, who is our experimental therapist man. And I guess he's like semi-famous. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it opens with him like being a role-playing as a guy's daddy and <laughs> them going back and forth. But then it, like we realize they're in an audience. Yeah. And that's when like you realize, at least for me, I was like, this guy's a hack yeah <laughs> you know if you're doing this in front of an audience <laughs> that's shitty you know like you're in it for the not not that he wasn't i mean clearly we found out later he was actually doing things very right. smart things yeah uh but and at least for me having therapy in front of like 50 people no no not for me you either. know Nope. It wouldn't work. <laughs> There's a reason you're in a nice comfy room. You know? Yeah, no, when I first saw this scene and like that whole thing playing out and I saw the audience, I thought at first it was like some kind of performance art. A play? Yeah. Because yeah. well, in even in um, Crimes of the Future, they do that where it's like people do like fucking surgery on each other as performance art. I was, th- mm-hmm. I was thinking that was another thing that Cronenberg was, was pulling from. Yeah, I think he, like, tied it in. Right. I don't know. For me, for, like, a, a realistic standpoint, it's almost like, why don't you just record it and then show people? <laughs> but <laughs> I understand true. for dramatic effect. Yeah. You know. Um, but essentially, Dr. Raglan is treating Fa- Frank's wife, Lola, uh, and she is in isolation and not allowed to see anyone. And Frank uh, is there to pick up his daughter because Lola is allowed to see them on the weekends because they are currently in the process of a divorce. Um, and he brings Lola home and finds out that she's been beaten, uh, which he presumes is by Lola. Mm-hmm. And he goes back and he's like, hey, Lola's beating my daughter. And he's just like, no, you can't see her. You can't. You can't talk to her. <laughs> and he's like, well, what the hell? Uh, and so Haglin kind of talks to the the wife, Lola, to find out if she actually did hit their daughter. Uh, and he role plays as like various, I guess, different figures in her life. Uh, like her mother, uh, her father, uh, even as like Frank at one point. And we, we do learn that her mother was abusive to Lola, um, which is very common, like the cycle, cyclical cycle of abuse. You know, typically people who are abused end up abusing their kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
So uh, Frank, I guess, takes his daughter to his mother-in-law's house. And this is where we get our first kill, where a little child breaks in. And when the mother, uh, grandmother goes into the kitchen, the, she gets her head bashed in with a meat tenderizer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which is pretty brutal because it's just like relentless. Mm-hmm. Like over and over and over. Uh, and Candy then does see the child and she like freezes up. Uh, and the, the police are like telling Frank like, oh, you need to get your daughter to talk. Like we think she's seen something, but she's not, you know. She basically, like, repressed it. Right. Uh, so the grandpa flies into the funeral. He's kind of, like, distraught, even though, I, the, you know, they're um, divorced. But, I mean, still, it's got to be pretty, like, traumatic to go back to, like, where you raise your family and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I would say so. That's That would, like, fuck me up. <laughs> yeah. Like, And then why, I guess he went to the house... And while the child that killed the grandma never left the home, uh, which even like after this murder, the police are like, I guess we were never looking for something that size. <laughs> and it's like, what do you mean? Yeah. You know? Yeah, that was questionable to me, too. I was like, uh, shouldn't you be looking everywhere <laughs> regardless yeah. of what size it is? What? You think the, the killer's a big man and he's still in the house? <laughs> We looked behind every door. We looked under the bed. We just couldn't find the guy. Um, so so Grandpa's getting drunk, uh, and he gets his head bashed in with a uh, glass balls. Yeah, I yeah. guess they were. They're like crystal the balls or some yeah, shit. Yeah, they're like crystal balls. Uh, the kid bashes his head in, uh, and Frank, who was already on his way over, gets there and find the Grandpa. And he sees the child, and they wrestle, and then Frank eventually beats the shit out of the kid <laughs> and and kills him. Uh, and meanwhile, this is happening. Uh, Frank had this uh, Candy's, his daughter's teacher, over for dinner, uh, and the wife calls the house, which she's not supposed to, and the school teacher answers. So the wife gets all mad, like, oh, you know, you're, you're fucking him, I hate you, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Uh, so her mental state already not good is now made even worse uh yeah so frank goes and also i okay this is one thing in horror movies like this that always get on my nerve but i'm like whatever i just let it slide is why do they always let these random people in on like uh like the autopsy and stuff like that oh yeah you know yeah like to to okay to the police knowledge this man strangled a child, a little deformed <laughs> child. You know, that he should be the one getting questioned, right? Yeah, no, but literally. Like, hey, come check out the autopsy. Let me give you all this classified information. <laughs> and also, it's not just like, oh, it's a kid. It's like a freak. Like, they're even just like, he doesn't have sex organs and he doesn't have a belly button, meaning he wasn't birthed. <laughs> like, from a mammal. You know? Right. Like, so that's something like I feel like should go to the government. You know, yeah, I was thinking that it's too. Bigger. Like the the autopsy guy that. is like he's he's like describing like the anatomy of it. Like he's like he came across like a lizard in the desert or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like it was very mundane. They've never seen before. Right. Yeah. It was like shouldn't you be calling in like big 
head guys like to come in and look at yeah, this fucking Dale thing. Dale Cooper should be coming in. Yeah, yeah, literally. But it's a blue rose uh case. Yeah, never bluer. <laughs> but um the next day, uh the school teacher is in class. And this is my this is the scene that always stuck out for me is uh basically two of the little mutant kids sneak in and they get these like toy hammers <laughs> and they just bash her head in in front of all these kids just watching <laughs> and they don't know what to do yeah <laughs> and i also liked how in that scene too and the the everyone in the room realizes that those two little freaks are there and then yeah. all the kids just get quiet and stare with their mouths open yeah, and then, I mean, and then like, start bashing your head in. Yeah, you know, I would be, I would be terrified too. Jesus Christ! <laughs> yeah, and I like the like oh, the noises the hammers make. They're like I don't know. They sound almost like Looney Tune sounds. Yeah, right. Yeah, I was thinking that too. <laughs> it was great. But, uh, <laughs> and then the kids take candy. Uh, Frank realizes you know candy's missing, so he's like, okay, it was definitely the mom. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's when uh, the doctor basically tells him everything that's going on, that there's this barn out and back, and basically uh, that his wife Lola has been creating these little children just from her emotional anger, <laughs> and that Frank needs to go inside and calm her down so the doctor Haglin can go and in the room with all the children and get candy out so frank is like sure i'll do it (laughs) even though i don't know why you would send in uh the man the woman's divorcing to calm her down yeah that i was thinking that too i understand why a story from a story perspective you want to do that but (laughs) but you think it would be dr reglan going in there a guy who knows how to handle this situation and send the dad up to get the kid but whatever i was thinking the same thing i was like could you just switch why 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 does he have to go in to save the girl and you the person that she's probably the most mad at in this world (laughs) send him in yeah yeah so frank goes in there while dr raglan's up there turns out it doesn't go good so uh lola reveals she opens her dress and that's kind of like the highlight of the movie or that's where it's the most cronenberg where she has this like like embryo kind of out of her Mm. it's like this gooey like bloody flesh sack connected to her stomach yeah and out pops this little baby which she then licks clean (laughs) and of course frank is like what the fuck and gets mad (laughs) Uh, and that causes all the kids to go crazy and Dr. Reglan blasts some of them with his revolver and some of them go like flying. Yeah, they do. They're on the ground. Yeah. Uh, and they, they end up killing him. They just tear him to shreds with their little hands and they're like biting him and stuff. Uh, and Candy sees. So once again, another traumatic experience yeah uh and frank just strangles lola he's like i'm just gonna kill you (laughs) i guess that's the logical solution (laughs) yeah he just he just sees something not right and unnatural and just says i'm gonna kill it i'm gonna choke you out (laughs) the american way well i mean we don't understand it we kill it 
<laughs> to be fair, she did say that she was going to kill his daughter. Oh, so okay. There you she go. Was, she was, he, he didn't really have much other choice. Like he did not. But have I don't think Frank to... made the connection that all those little kids were like alive because of her. Oh, oh, that they would like all die when she yeah. died. That's true. Yeah, he didn't know that. Earlier in the film, though, um, one of the patients called Lola the Queen Bee, which is why this movie's called The Brood. Because the oh. brood is a like a swarmer colony, a family of bees. That makes sense. Um, so, and that's another thing. Queen dies, they all die. <laughs> so that's exactly what happens. Lola dies. All the children die. Uh, Frank goes to get candy, and she's, like, traumatized. Uh, and on the drive home, they, they show her arm, and she's developed bumps. Like, the same bumps the other patients have in that hospital. Oh my so god. It's safe to say the trauma she witnessed uh has taken physical form, so she's probably gonna be like her mother. Yeah. That's what I think is implied there. And uh that's the brood. <laughs> so it does end though like typical like slashers of that time where it always ends with oh but wait. The thing is still alive. <laughs> or it can come back, you know? That's true. It this is a, basically a slasher movie. It's it, Yeah. I mean, I think it's pretty safe to say it's a slasher. I don't see any other, any other way around it. We're it's structured just like it. We get our characters, um characters are killed off one by one, mm-hmm. uh, each in different like various ways with, with different weapons. Uh, you have like the final confrontation and the big reveal. Mm-hmm. You know, the the main character gets out and then turns out the thing that he thought he killed is still alive. <laughs> so, that's kind of like just the the go to formula. Which, by the way, can I say I I don't mind it in this movie because it actually makes sense. But like in mm-hmm. a lot of other movies, oh my god, do I hate that cliche, dude? It's what the just ending? The worst. Yeah, like we're at the ending where it's like you think everything's fine, but then it's really not, and the whatever you know what? is still around. I think it's fun. <laughs> it depends on the movie, right? Yeah, like, it depends on the, the movie. Hands down, the best one is Halloween, right? Oh yeah, without a doubt, yeah. easily the best one because it's not stupid. It's like semi-realistic, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, it makes not sense like the, with the story they're trying to tell. That's yeah. yeah. Not like other later franchises where they just like blow him the fuck up, and then the ending is just him walking out. And you're like, oh okay, <laughs> cool, you know, love that. Or I guess like this last one where he just appears. Oh god! Oh, in in the house behind her her daughter. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But. I don't know. I I like that cliche um, more in just like a fun, campy way. (laughs) Okay. I can see that. But also what I like more, though, is when movies just end right at the climax. Like (laughs) like uh, um, like Sleepaway Camp is a perfect example. Oh, like you don't know what the hell happens after that. You just see the most traumatizing thing ever and the movie ends. Yeah. (laughs) And they're like, all right, pack it up. That's it. Yeah. All the characters just standing there like shocked, as shocked Mm -hmm. as the audience is, I'm sure. 
Or like <laughs> Suspiria has Susie running out of like the dance school mid explosion and then just credits roll. Oh yeah, that's right. And it's awesome. Yeah. It's just like I don't know, just something about when a movie just ends at the right point. <laughs> and especially when it's like sudden, I love it. Mm-hmm. So that that's my favorite type of horror movie ending. Yeah, I, I don't know if I have a favorite. It's just like, yeah, because uh, now that I mentioned that I hate that trope where at the end where it's like everything seems fine, but then it's not. But then we just came up with a whole bunch of good examples where that works. And I'm not sure if I actually do hate it. <laughs> <laughs> let, let me, let me, I'll rephrase that for you. You like when it's done well. Yeah, when it makes sense. Yeah. You don't like when they're just like, oh, we're going to make another one, right? Yeah, we just in case, let's uh, throw this in. Yeah, I always hated the Nightmare on Elm Street one, the remake, that is. I never saw the remake. Oh, God, yeah, that one is awful. That is one of those kind of endings, and it means absolutely nothing. Yeah, when it adds nothing to the plot or anything. I mean, I understand. I believe that in order for it to be a horror movie, it shouldn't have a happy ending, right? Right. It can have an ending, but it shouldn't have a happy ending. Yeah. Or like a, a good ending you know yeah, at the very least it has to be tragic yeah like, a tragic ending is kind of like the best mm-hmm. thing like maybe our character got out alive but at what cost right or our character got out alive but they have just become the exact thing they were fighting something along those lines exactly yeah which kinda is this but unbeknownst to um candy mm-hmm. but i mean i think i think it's valid in this context because she isn't necessarily like we can't pick traumatic events right yeah like we can't choose when they come how they affect us and that's i think very similar situation to this you know Mm -hmm. it's not like candy's gonna come home and just start spitting out kids right this is like gonna be like (laughs) years upon years of brooding right you know yeah so cronenberg gets a pass from me no, yeah, I, I, I definitely like this this ending. Um, yeah, and it's interesting because we don't know how long those like those little freaks, how long their lifespan is, or how long they take to grow to that state. Yeah, so it's like because it could be years for all we know. Yeah, because like, the doctor said something along the lines like about like their organs. Like I don't think they're meant to live. Like they're not made to grow. I think any bigger than that. Right. Yeah. Like they just kind of serve their purpose and die. Mhm. But yeah, I mean clearly cuz he was saying like like what that's why they were like breathing so harsh. Cuz their <laughs> their body just isn't well constructed. <laughs> Which would make sense if they were just little hate babies. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say that t- that ties in with the theme of like the cycle of hatred going on. Mhm. Which I, I like. Yeah. I really like that. I the, I like that they don't really explain how the mom is able to do that. Like able to like yeah. just like make hate babies because that's not really important. It's, yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, she it, can do it, it. The emotion of it and the theme of it is the most important part because it it's 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 like it's allegorical like to what happens in real life. Obviously, where. Right. The mom passes down that trauma to their kid, and their kid ends up doing hateful things, just kind of keeps going mm-hmm. and going. 
And that's why the ending works is because that's exactly what's happening. That girl has been through so much trauma and she's seen so much hatred and violence that it's going to corrupt her. And she's probably going to end up the same way as her mom, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, and there's your tragic ending. Yeah, the, the, very tragic indeed. <laughs> oh. It's safe to say we both love The Brood. Um, yeah. I like this movie a lot. Uh, you can actually watch it right now. It's on HBO Max. Um, it's also, I believe, on like the Criterion Collection. Yeah, it is. Uh, yeah. I was looking at Amazon, and it was there, and I was like, oh, damn. I got to pick that up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw they had this for a while, which is weird because it's not like a typical Criterion release. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought but, it was weird because I don't think The Fly is on Criterion, is it? No. Yeah, and I, I feel like that's like a... But um, Videodrome is. Oh, it is? Oh. I think, well, I know Criterion, they typically like to get things that maybe don't have like a big distribution. Oh, okay. And then they're the ones that get it out because that's really all they care about is like the preservation of film. So, right. like, The Fly is, like, a classic. There's, you could probably get a DVD or Blu-ray of that anywhere, you know? Right. But finding, like, The Brood or Videodrome may be a bit harder. That makes that makes more sense, yeah. Yeah. So, good job, Criterion. Yeah, good job. Good job. Now, release uh, Lost Highway on Criterion, and then we'll be good. Hey, we got, um, we got uh, Inland Empire coming out soon. I think uh, next month. Oh, is it really? Yeah, the Criterion for Inland Empire comes out. What up. the frick? I need to pick that up. Yeah, I think it might even be 4K. Dude. What? Dude, what the hell? Okay, that's kind of whack, actually, because isn't that movie shot on fucking, got, like, video, I shitty video? I think I might be a liar. Well, I know people were saying the same thing. <laughs> it's like, there's not much upscaling no, yeah, you yeah, can yeah. do from a shitty video uh, camera. Ultra HD, brother. Oh my god. I wonder what that's that is that, films, new four K restorations. Be, like, it's gonna be like crappy like digital upscaling. I guarantee it. It's gonna be like AI I upscaling. think that's exactly what it's gonna be. Yeah. That doesn't sound like the but best. But you're gonna thing pay ever. forty dollars for it. <laughs> I probably will anyway, yeah. <laughs> give me um give me love on a leash criterion collection. Oh that would be so awesome. Dude. Or the room, troll two, any of those. They need. Bigger, no, I feel like though the room actually has merit to be on the Criterion Collection. Does it? <laughs> of how culturally significant it is, yes. Oh, all right, that's fine, I guess. Yeah. You know. Is that, yeah, it's definitely I mean, significant in internet culture for sure. The room is still playing in theaters. You know what's not? Citizen Kane. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Yeah, Tommy Wiseau got him on that one. Tommy Wiseau is better than Orson Welles. You heard it here, folks. <laughs> oh God! All right. Before I say any more garbage takes, we're gonna end it here. <laughs> yeah, so, we probably should. <laughs> so watch The Brood. It's on HBO. It's good. We recommend it. And thanks for listening. 